temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hit and run, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Fastball hit to right. Garcia back at the track, and it is gone. It's a three-run home run for Salvador Perez, and Kansas City has taken a 4-0 lead. Now kind of quiet, the 2-2 pitch. A bouncer toward the middle, drives in the tying run. It's a base set to center, and we're back to even tied at eight. Bottom of the 10th inning with two down, the pitch. Swinging a line drive, base set to left. Bryant has to throw to the plate. Here comes Jones to the plate, the throw offline, and the Tigers have beaten the Cubs. You have too many good losers, you're going to lose. In our game of baseball, man. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Good morning, baseball people. Hope you're doing well on a glorious Sunday morning in Chicago, even when both teams lose. The Cubs now two games under 500, and frankly, they're lucky to have that record. We'll expound on that in a moment. The White Sox eight games over 500. They remain, by run differential anyway, to be the best team in baseball. Plus 60. With the run differential for the Chicago White Sox, the Red Sox are second at plus 46. Actually, the third, because the Dodgers at plus 50, even though they're in third place in the National League. It's early. It's a long baseball season. You know this. But I'm looking forward to talking about it all with you this morning on 670 The Score. Sean Anderson is the producer. I am indeed Matt Spiegel back here after a few weeks off. Um, I did pre and post for the Cubs and the fifth inning of play-by-play for a couple of Sundays there in a row. And then I had Mother's Day off to spend it with my lovely bride. And um, now I am back for you, and I will be here for um, a while. The 30th of May is my next pre and post in Cubs fifth inning, so I look forward to that. I won't be here with you that morning. But other than that, no Sundays off planned, and I love being able to talk baseball with you guys and girls on a Sunday morning. Steve Stone's going to join us today. That's a rarity on Hit and Run. White Sox day game schedule this week means he was unavailable for the regular shows on the score. So I get him on a Sunday. Oh, woo, I like it. So one-on-one with Stoney at 10 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, uh, Levante Stewart. And you don't know the name, but you will enjoy the story, um, I think, and enjoy the cause and what Levante is trying to do for young kids in Chicagoland. And we're going to help him try and raise some money to make an incredible trip happen that he is trying to make happen. I absolutely love it. So looking forward to talking to him about that. Meanwhile, along the way, up until 1130, when we are done a little bit early for Cubs pregame today, we will talk to you. And we will talk to you a lot. The text zone is where you can always reach us at 312-644-6767. That's brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And you can always call on that line as well. 312-644-6767. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. A paraphrased tweet led to a disaster of replies about the Cubs potentially trading a key piece. My God, we need to listen back and see if it's as bad as, as what everybody replied to. I don't think it is. And my mentions on the Twitters was an absolute disaster. So I, I, I want to make sure we, we all understand exactly what we've been hearing 
as people don't like to really read the entirety of something or listen to the entirety of something. So we'll do our part for that. I continue to have Matt Duffy fever. We'll talk about the symptoms of Matt Duffy fever and whether there is a cure, whether we want there to be a cure. And I have, I believe, a definitive answer to a question that has been making the rounds of the score hallways this week. Who has the best pure stuff on the Chicago White Sox? All those pitchers, all those arms. Who has the best pure stuff on the White Sox? We'll give you that answer definitively a little bit later on. But let's start with the losses, shall we? And hop on in if you want to talk Cubs and or Sox. This hour is wide open up until Steve Stone at 10 o'clock. Here's the thing. Carlos Rodon is human. Now you know. If you didn't know from watching his previous years after being a top five draft pick that faltered and was eventually uh, left for the scrap heap, this version of Rodon has been remarkable. Since the American League began tracking earned runs in 1913, Carlos Rodon's ERA going into yesterday of 0.58 was the lowest by a White Sox pitcher over the first five starts of a season ever. So that's since 1913. He came into the day leading MLB in earned run average, in opponent's batting average, opponent's slugging percentage, opponent's on base plus slugging. But the Royals just saw him on the 7th of May. He dominated them on the 7th of May, but they just saw him. And then he got this long pause and came back, and they were ready. They had scouted him. They had thought about it. They were ready. And they made some decent contact. Now, here's the thing. The Salvador Perez three-run homer on a crazy high and outside pitch, that should not be a home run. But Sal Perez is strong, and he is quick, and he is really, really good. But Rodon is still Rodon. You know, looking at the stuff yesterday, the fastball was was popping the slider um, largely under control and nothing to really concern yourself about when he has one kind of human start that includes a three-run homer on a crazily high and outside pitch that Sal Perez should not be able to do anything with, but he can because he's good. There are eight qualified starting pitchers with an ERA under two. That's it already. All these pitchers that have started well, there's only eight with an ERA under two. And... Rodon, not quite qualified yet. He's a little short on the innings pitched requirement, but he's at a 1.47 ERA right now. His whip, which is walks plus hits for innings pitch, is at a 0.873. He's top 10 in both of those. His Ks per nine at 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Right now, he's eighth in MLB behind DeGrom, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Tyler Glass now, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Joe Musgrove. He's ahead of Max Scherzer. This is where Carlos Rodon is still. Just for fun, I was looking at um, strikeout to walk ratio. And, you know, basically you're seeing how many strikeouts a pitcher has for each guy that he walks. And Rodon's is is 4.08. It's good, but it's, it's not elite at the moment. Uh, Sean Anderson, would you like to take a guess who leads MLB in strikeout-to-walk ratio among starting pitchers? Corbin Burns. Yeah, um, he's got 58 strikeouts and one walk. So that would be, let me do the math, a 58-strikeout-to-walk <laughs> ratio for Corbin Burns. Garrett Cole has 78 strikeouts and three walks. So his strikeout-to-walk ratio is um, 26. That's also good. Fun with early season numbers, people. But what I'm trying to tell you is that Carlos Rodon's numbers and his performance and the eye test still tell you he is one of the best pitchers in the American League. And we'll see if it lasts. And yesterday was not something to concern yourself with um, too much. From a similar category of people who have been really good, who were not good yesterday, Craig Kimbrell struck out the side with dominance on Friday but then gave up some some contact to a couple of lefties in key moments yesterday and extras and blew his second save 
of the year, Craig Kimbrell, yesterday. Nomar Mazzara, White Sox fans, you remember him, a big, strong, left-handed hitter who's really best hitting singles the other way. That's still what he is in Detroit. Or occasionally doubles the other way. Um, he had some contact reaching out and slapping a ball up the middle. And then Harold Castro with a, another left-handed single to the opposite field off of Kimbrell. And all of a sudden, sudden Kimbrell has, has failed yesterday and the Cubs lose one that their bats battled back over and over and over trying to keep them in the game and get them a win on a day when Trevor Williams was brutal. And we'll talk about that starting rotation in a moment. But Kimbrell faltered, absolutely faltered. I, I do not worry about Kimbrell right now because what we've seen and what, what I've watched very carefully has been a guy who's been absolutely great and has figured it out mechanically. The fastball's been really good. The knuckle curve for strikes, it can go away. But yesterday did not strike me as a day uh, to panic about Craig Kimbrell, especially in light of all the success. Um, there are 16 guys in MLB with at least seven saves, okay? Of those 16, 16 closers have at least seven saves. Of those 16, one has allowed zero earned runs. That's Aroldis Chapman. Two have allowed one earned run. That's Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes of the Cards. And Josh Hader of the Brewers. Three pitchers have allowed two earned runs. Mark Melanson of the Padres, who leads the majors in saves. Uh, Emmanuel Classe of Cleveland, who has an outrageous arm, has allowed two earned runs. And Craig Kimbrell. That's it. So he's been great. So he's one of three closers with at least seven saves who has allowed two earned runs. Two of them have only allowed one earned run, and Aroldis Chapman has not allowed a single run. Six of those 16, by the way, the 16 guys with at least seven saves, have a whip under one. Six of those closers with that many saves have a whip, walks plus hits per innings pitch, under one. And Kimbrell's one of them. So look, the very occasional blown save is maddening, but should be survivable. Their margin for victory for the Cubs is so small, though, that it feels even bigger than it is. Frustrating and costly when somebody blows a save like Craig Kimbrell. Here's the thing, and we're taking your calls and texts at 312-644-6767, is that the Cubs should be a lot worse than they are in terms of the starting pitchers. Somebody said before the year that the pitching was going to be sneaky decent. Who said that? That guy, man. I mean, he's passionate about baseball. He knows some things, but boy, that was... I think they're going to be sneaky decent. Oh, boy. That sounded a lot like me. Um, They have not been. I mean, Jake Arrieta's been good. Albert Alzali, um, as I thought, was going to be good, and he is good. Hendricks has been terrible. Zach Davies was terrible for a while and has figured it out last few starts. That's been nice to see. But Trevor Williams, some up and a lot of down. Yesterday, Trevor Williams lifted after two innings and 42 pitches. He was bad. And if you watched it, he was bad. If you were watching it there from the dugout, didn't look good. Listen to David Ross. We have this, Sean Anderson. David Ross talking about Trevor Williams. This is pretty blatant and plain and very clear as to why he pulled his starting pitcher after two innings and 42 pitches. Uh, just not. Nah, it didn't look real sharp. You know, they're really good at bats. He was having to work really hard. Um, you know, just you know, even when he's getting ahead, not being able to put guys away, falling behind to some guys. Um, just the at bats from the other team. They they weren't too many of those guys that seemed um, fooled by much. It didn't look like it was it was coming out real crisp. So, um, you know, with the guys that were rested down there in the pen, I thought I had a little bit a little bit of length today. Oh man, that 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 is as clear and declarative as David Ross, who wants to protect his guys and not rip him, is gonna be. I counted like seven different things in there. Yeah, just you know, not real crisp. Uh, nobody was looking bad. Okay, play it again. Like the first fifteen seconds, there's like eight different varieties of he was terrible and fooling no one. 
Uh, just not. It didn't look real sharp. You know, they're really good at bats. He was having to work really hard. Um, you know, just you know, even when he's getting ahead, not being able to put guys away, falling behind to some guys. Um, just the at bats from the other team. They there weren't too many of those guys that seemed um, fooled by much. It didn't look like it was it was coming out real crisp. So, uh, oh man, when when you when you hear the tone of uh, caution and protection from David Ross, and yet still it all comes out like that. You know the version of that that he was saying in the dugout to Andy Green, to Tommy Hadovy. It's like, he looks like trash, man. God. Yeah, nobody getting fooled by Trevor Williams. So he's asked to sit. It's too bad. I mean, because... He's really got to get control of the off-speed stuff and try to make that work uh, better. My goodness. The, um, here's, the, here's the thing about the Cubs starting pitcher ERA, okay? Yeah, and yes, Texter, I heard like eight different versions of bad in there. Eight different versions. Uh, just not. It didn't look real sharp. You know, they're really good at bats. He was having to work really hard. Um, you know, just just bad. Oh, God. Just bad. And eight different versions of it. The Cubs starting pitcher ERA is 29th out of 30. The starters have a 5.20 ERA. That is, uh, that's bad. It's, it's second to dead last in all of baseball. The bottom 10 in starting pitcher ERA, just about everybody, has a worse record than the Cubs. It is kind of miraculous that they're where they are. And I know it's not great. It's 18 and 20, two games under 500. It's kind of miraculous that they're even where they are, considering how bad the starters have been. And when you add in that the offense was a debacle for, what, the first two and a half weeks, three weeks of the season, it's pretty amazing that they're where they are. And, of course, you could look at that as in two ways. You could say, well, they're a lot worse than this, and it's going to get even worse. Or uh, they're showing you what they're capable of in spite of the bad offensive start and the starters struggling as they are. I, I, the, the offense has found itself. I'm enjoying watching the offense for the most part now. There is a, there is a strong case of Matt Duffy fever that has taken over uh, in that lineup, and I'm not even kidding. They talk about the contagion of hitting, the contagion of good at-bats, and seeking contact, um, some of that can be seen as, as, as that entire lineup does what they've been doing of late and continues to battle. We've seen them in lots and lots of games, fall back and battle. But in terms of the starting pitcher ERA, the Angels are dead last in starting pitcher ERA. They're six games under 500. Then the Cubs, who are two games under. Then the Rockies are third worst. They're 10 games under 500. Here's some other teams in the bottom 10 of starting pitcher ERA. The Royals, who are now three games under. The Orioles are seven games under. The Rangers, five games under. The Pirates, five games under. The Diamondbacks, four games under. I mean, think about those teams. Those are bad, bad teams. And that's where the Cubs are in starting pitcher ERA. So, yes, it is miraculous that they are where they are. And, you know, the key is Hendricks. If Hendricks can, can find himself. Did you guys hear him the other day? His last start, um, Hendricks, because of the quiet crowd and the loud um, crowd mic or on-field mic, you heard Hendricks, like, shouting at himself, cursing at himself about, I think, for the most part, controlling Pitches, command on the off speed, just yelling and cursing at himself. It's a tough moment for Kyle Hendricks, who's been very, very good in MLB since his arrival. I mean, you know some of these numbers on Hendricks. Top five in ERA since 2015 for Kyle Hendricks. Up there with the likes of, uh, of Scherzer and Kershaw and guys like that. But right now is a bad, bad moment. If he can get it righted, 
and you can get something better than this out of Trevor Williams, all of a sudden it will look a lot, lot better. Because Jake Arrieta was good in his first start back, and I mentioned Alzali. I'm very high on Adbert Alzali, who uh, will get two starts next week. Big story for the Cubs is the Nationals coming to town. That means Dave Martinez, means Kyle Schwarber. Uh, who else? Starlin Castro is on that team. John Lester. Yeah, that's the one. And Lester's homecoming tomorrow to Chicago um, ought to be quite something. That, that'll be one of the bigger sports stories in Chicago tomorrow. Probably the biggest sports story in Chicago tomorrow. All right, it's uh, Hit and Run on 670 The Score. I am Matt Spiegel here with you up until about 1130. Steve Stone at 10 o'clock. Phone lines are open if you want to talk Cubs and or White Sox at 312-644-6767. Let's talk about an incredibly important bat in that White Sox lineup, which is showing you he deserves to be trusted and, in my opinion, hit a little bit higher. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As well. We'll talk about it next on The Score. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Morning Show. Start your day with us. When you're on your way to work, we'll be going over the Chicago sports stories you want to hear about. We do it every weekday morning. Molly and Hall, Chicago's number one sports morning show. 5 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And on your device or smart speaker through the Odyssey app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Andrew Vaughn clocks this ball, left center field, and there is his first Major League home run. Bring him home. We felt it coming. There it is. That's a fastball that's annihilated. Bring him home 2-0. Tried to sneak that one by him, and he's hit two home runs, and neither of them were cheapies. Folks, you're looking ahead at the future of this guy, and you got to be smiling because he's going to hit, and he's going to hit a lot. The home run. Let's hit 300. I'll tell you what. Frank Menachino is a delight. I want to talk to that guy. Talked to him once on the air, along with Bruce Levine on Inside the Clubhouse a couple years ago. It's Matt Spiegel here, by the way, on Hit and Run on a Sunday morning on 6-7 of the score. And I remember Bruce and I were talking to Frank, and I was talking about um, his hitters and launch angle and how the whole league is going high fastball and 12-6 to breaking ball to compensate for the launch angle guys. And what are the launch angle guys going to do to respond? And you remember what Menachino said? He said, I'm not going to tell you that. That's it's a good question. I'm not going to tell you. It's very funny. He made me laugh. I enjoyed him. And we have been steadily requesting Frank McMenachino to be on the show. Here's part of why. Andrew Vaughn has had a very good rookie season at the plate. It has not come with power and slugging 
up until the middle of this week. Just before that began, Frank Manichino, the hitting coach, happened to be addressing the media and was asked about Andrew Vaughn's at-bats. They've been good, but also his lack of power. Here's Frank. I told Andrew to hit 300. Don't worry. I don't care if you hit. You don't hit one home run. Hit 300. Work on hitting 300. And if he goes into that where he's going to look to hit 300, everybody wants to see the home run. Everybody wants to see Madrigal hit a home run. I don't want to get excited, but the home run. Let's hit 300, and then we'll worry about the other stuff later. <laughs> Frank Manichino. Because here's the thing. If you do have power, like Andrew Vaughn undoubtedly does, he had, what, 53, homer, 53 homers in the Pac-12 at Cal? You saw him hit homers in the preseason? Still remember the uh, inside fastball that he pulled down the left field uh, line for, for a long homer like a day after hitting a couple lasers to the opposite field. But anyway, you knew the home runs were going to come. Frank Manichino knew they were going to come. Just be you. And now the home runs have come. And Vaughn made a couple of outs yesterday but hit the ball very hard on a line as well. He hits the ball hard consistently. I think his average exit velocity is up around 95 miles per hour. He's hitting the ball hard steadily. And he's really, really good. He's got an elevated, smart approach at the plate. He's got a really good swing. He sprays the ball to all fields. He's just, he's a very adult hitter. And Rick Hahn had to do some roster proofing in terms of designated Nick Williams for assignment in order to make sure that Andrew Vaughn would get some opportunities. Tony La Russa had to learn to trust him more than he has notoriously trusted rookies in the past. The game has changed. Young rookie hitters, if they're good, get them in. Get them in there. Where did Jared Kelnick hit for the Mariners when they brought him up? Lead off. Play them. Just go for it. Some of that is true for young pitchers, too. Don't waste their talent if they're ready in the minors. Don't have them sit and learn if they can help you now, especially, especially when you're a team like the White Sox without Eloy Jimenez and without Luis Robert. Andrew Vaughn is a very, very good hitter, and you're seeing it. Look, w- will there be some times when the league adjusts to him and he's going to have to adjust back? Will he slump? Of course. But he is super solid at the plate and deserves to be hitting higher. I mean, Vaughn most often is hit what? Sean is a hardcore White Sox fan and follows the lineups on a daily basis. Six, seven, sometimes. Very seldom higher than that. Six is the average, and I don't think he's batted higher. I don't think he's had a single game where he's batted higher than six. I would get Andrew Vaughn up there a little bit. I think you told me before the, sh- before the show that the person who has driven in Andrew Vaughn the most is Leori Garcia. Five times. Five times. Andrew Vaughn ought to get, get up there in, in the lineup, and eventually he will be. Vaughn is, Vaughn is the kind of bat that eventually will be a two or three hitter in MLB. Th- that's where he's going to be. And this team is where they are offensively in large part thanks to the contributions of Andrew Vaughn and your mean Mercedes. And, and I think both of those guys, as offensive players, are legit and for real. I think your mean Mercedes is one of those guys who's going to hit 310, 320, 330 sometimes. He's just very, very smart. You know about the two-strike approach, the quietness, the, the, when the leg does not kick. When we talked about it right from the get-go, and we are seeing it. It's not his fault that it's taken him this long to break out and break in. But now that he's here, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere for a while. Speaks, so, I was wrong on Vaughn. Uh, he batted fifth twice, but he's batted sixth seven times, seventh seven, ten times, and then eighth nine times. So he's batted okay. around sixth or seventh, or sixth to eighth most, mostly. Okay, so he's been fifth a lot of times. Um, it, depending on the matchup, 
I mean, I know your mean Mercedes has gone behind Jose Abreu a lot. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of Vaughn behind Abreu sometimes. And protection matters to Abreu. Um, it, 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 we've learned this about Jose, who's a, a terrific ball player and a great story yesterday as he's able to play after that violent and vicious collision with Hunter Dozier the other day and Abreu homers uh, yesterday. But Abreu can press when he thinks he needs to do a lot. And this is why he was so emotional when Eloy went down because not only does he, does he love Eloy and have a fondness for Eloy, but having Eloy behind him in the lineup has helped Jose Abreu relax and be the best version of himself. He is, uh, he's very, very good, is, um, is Andrew Vaughn and ought to hit behind Abreu when, when necessary. But, man, that offense, and there's been a lot of talk about it this week, um, they're low in home runs. They have been, um, and I, ca- I can look for it right here quickly. I, I know there was a time uh, this week, and I-, I can tell you right now, that in terms of home runs, the White Sox are 28th out of 30 teams in home runs in baseball. But in runs scored, they're 5th. I think that's a really good sign. They can produce runs. They can create rallies. They can make contact and generate runs that way without homers. Homers are going to come. There's a lot of guys there. Some of those are Vaughn um, that will come. Some of them you're missing with Eloy and you're missing with Luis Robert. But don't when you think about this and you're worried about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, just remember, there's a lot of really good hitters on this team in a league that has valued that skill less. And by that, I mean like bat to ball skills. You know that about Nick Madrigal. He's a guy who's going to make outrageous contact and, and and never strike out with no slug. But Tim Anderson is not a high OBP guy, but he is a real good hitter with great bat control. Your mean Mercedes is a great bat control guy and contact guy. Jose Abreu for a slugger is a very good overall hitter. Whereas not an incredibly high OBP guy, not a guy who walks a ton. He gets a lot of hits. Vaughn is a guy with very good bat-to-ball skills. So it's a good thing that the White Sox have that lineup diversified and can get you in ways without the home run. So a lot to talk about on the south side and, uh, and the north side. Uh, I'm excited about Vaughn. And a texter asks, when Eloy returns, will he then be implanted as the DH from now on? I think Eloy Jimenez, should he come back this year, that'll be a nice story and a nice problem. And you'll want to slowly ease him in. And you'll take at bats from your mean Mercedes. Occasionally, you'll take at bats from Andrew Vaughn. Occasionally, you'll take at bats from Zach Collins or Yasmani Grandal for Eloy Jimenez. I will tell you this. I think Eloy Jimenez's days in left field are done. Adam Engel's still not back for this team. Eventually, Luis Robert back, obviously. And Andrew Vaughn has proved himself not only to be a serviceable left fielder, but a far better left fielder than Eloy Jimenez. He got there in mm, two weeks. It's now been more than two weeks. But after two weeks, I was ready to declare him a better left fielder than Eloy Jimenez. So it's going to be, it's not going to be incredibly difficult to, uh, to sell that to Eloy, that look, there's now been several instances of you getting hurt out there that we need to think about. And oh, by the way, the kid Andrew Vaughn has figured it out and he's real good out there and we'd, we'd rather have you DH. Sure, there'll be a glut and there'll be an issue with your mean, but that's okay. Um, some classic slow your roll texts going on today. You know, I love those. I love uh, pump the brakes on your excitement and your happiness. It's like, it's always so useful. This one, I like Vaughn, but uh, maybe slow your roll on a kid hitting 250. No, thank you. No, sir. I I appreciate the offer of uh, asking me to slow my roll, and I will not. I like pointing out when people are good and when it's obvious that people are good. Also speaks, Vaughn right now has the second highest OPS in White Sox wins. Jose Abreu has the highest OPS in uh, wins for the Sox at uh, 1027. And Vaughn is second in front of Yohan Mankata and Tim Anderson at 94.7. So when he hits, the White Sox are winning. 
Like, he's an extremely important bat to this White Sox team. He is very impactful. I agree with that. It's interesting that you, that you pointed out in the wins. And, and just the overall, in terms of, of on-base percentage, you know, Andrew, Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn's on-base percentage is very solid. His OPS is very solid. And hitting 250, it's not just about batting average anymore. I had another texter uh, earlier in the show who said, you know, you say, uh, you, you say that Kyle Hendricks has been good since 2012, but his record, 7-5, and 14-11, 11-10, 6-5, you can't just look at wins and losses these days for a starting pitcher. You, just, you can't. Not in this day and age when starts go short. Um, and I do appreciate very much that wins still have value. Absolutely. Especially for guys that go deeper in games and they can be partially an indicator of that, but we can't just look at wins and losses. Got to look at a whole bunch of other stuff. Three, one, two, six, 44, 67, 67 is the phone number. Want to talk to you about a, um, a, a, a paraphrased conversation that we actually need to hear in full that would serve us. Well, we'll do that later on. In terms of the Cubs possibly trading away a key piece, Steve Stone will join us at the top of the hour. Levante Stewart with a story and a cause I want you to know about at 11 o'clock before we get out of here at 1130. But we'll come back, take some more of your phone calls uh, on 670 The Score on Hit and Run at 312-644-6767. It speaks on a Sunday morning. Keep it right here. Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download the Odyssey app today to listen to the score. And Odyssey Station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. It's hit and run. Talking Cubs, talking White Sox. Steve Stone in about 15 minutes. Got a Cubs lineup here for the rubber match against the Detroit Tigers. The Cubs have been terrible in rubber matches. Absolutely brutal. They have, um, I think they've played seven of them, and they're one in six. In rubber matches. That's a three-game series where the third game comes when they're tied one-to-one. And those leave a terrible taste in your mouth. Several things about the Cubs' context on the season has made it feel even worse than it is. And interestingly enough, though, I gave you the stats at the top of the show. The starting pitcher ERA is so brutal, 29th out of 30, that their record should be even worse than it is. But a rubber match today against the Tigers in Detroit. Cubs lineup is here. Ian Happ will hit ninth and play center field against the lefty Matthew Boyd. Wilson Contreras will lead off. Then it's KB, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Matt Duffy. Yes, I have Matt Duffy fever. I only say that partially tongue-in-cheek. I love the way that dude approaches at bats, the contact skills. And yesterday, five RBIs for Matt Duffy. David Bodie hits sixth and will DH. Jock Peterson, who's been on fire lately, gets a start against the lefty and will hit seventh. Nico Horner in the eighth spot and Ian Happ. Uh, Matt Duffy yesterday, five RBIs for the first time since 2015. First time in six years that Matt Duffy has had five RBIs. Third inning as you're watching that game, and I was two down, man on third, takes a fastball for a called strike on the outside corner. He's mad at himself. He steps out, gathers. And Urania usually works to the righties on the inside part of the plate. Deshaies says it. He's got a two-seamer that comes in towards the hands. Duffy's upset because he was looking there. He doesn't get that after he comes back, having uh, shaken his head angrily at himself, but he gets a slider in that same spot, rips it down the left field line for a two-out RBI double. Then the three-run homer off the former Cub prospect, Alex Lang, who went over in the Nick Castellanos deal to the Tigers. He gets two sliders for called strikes. He guesses he's going to get a third one. It hangs from Lang. And Duffy cranks it out to left field. First first homer, I think, since 2018. He's not a big power guy. And he's bounced around a little bit since a good start with the Giants. 
But Matt Duffy's here and having a nice effect on an offense that is uh, trying to do its job and doing its job uh, fairly well. Even though the Cubs find themselves two games under. The team of the moment, though, I think we all know it. The team of the moment in baseball, despite the loss yesterday, is the Chicago White Sox. It is hit and run on a Sunday morning. Steve Stone in about 12 minutes with me, Matt Spiegel. First, though, Stan from Bellwood has dialed the number, and we get to talk on a Sunday morning. Good morning, Stan. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Steve. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. I hope you heard Barry Rosner on Friday with me and Danny Parkins, um, Barry wrote a beautiful column, if anyone did not see oh, yeah. it, bidding farewell to 37 years as a writer for the Daily Herald and then was uh, kind enough to hop on and, and score listeners who have loved Barry and in this slot. And Stan used to talk to me and Barry when we did the show together. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it was really, really nice to, uh, to get a chance yeah. to talk to Barry, and I hope you heard it, Stan. I, I, I did not hear it. I heard about it. Uh, and one of the reasons that I called this morning was to give a, a, a quick shout out and pay my respects to Barry. Uh, I, I'm sure he's on the golf course now and not listening, but uh, <laughs> congratulations, Barry, on a great run. Uh, anytime you can call it a career and go out on your own terms and it's your own call, that is a blessing in itself. And that column, that farewell column he wrote in the Herald, I agree with you, uh, speaks the other day, was a masterpiece. So he just went out on a perfect note all the way around. Yeah, uh, I, 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 just, I, just, I just retweeted uh, both the column and the, um, a, 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 and the segment from the radio uh, the other day. Um, so if I'll anybody missed listen, either, me. yeah, go, go check it out. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, now, uh, to the White Sox, the reason I called Speaks is because I wanted to tell you, I agree with you, do not pump the brakes. No way. Don't slow your roll here. Uh, I am all in. Uh, you and I talked uh, late March, early April. Uh, I was all prepared to uh, pick the White Sox to win the American League. I-, I thought they were clearly the best team. Then Eloy got hurt, and the whole uh, – uh, controversies surrounding Tony La Russa, uh, I lost enthusiasm. I, I knew that they were going to be good this year because their pitching, their bullpen uh, in particular, was going to be good. I mean, I knew they were going to be contenders. I, I wasn't concerned about that. But uh, I've really been encouraged these last few weeks. The pitching is even better uh, than I expected. Uh, and the pitching has been so good that they've been able to overcome the injuries. Uh, the pitching has overcome LaRusa's poor decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I also don't think that it's too early to proclaim the Twins as dead. Huh. Uh, you know, they're a bad team with bad pitching, chasing the team with the best pitching in baseball. Uh, you know, the White Sox are not going to help them or anybody else out because they're not, you know, with the pitching that they have, they're not going to have any prolonged losing streaks. You're just not going to be able to uh, make any ground up on them. So uh, these, you know, the past few weeks here has, you know, put me back on the train again, back on the Sox. I'm, I'm completely all in again. And, uh, uh, Usually, you know, the team with the best rotation and the best bullpen. I mean, that bodes even well for them in the postseason. So I'm I'm all in again. I, I see no reason to pump the brakes and don't uh, curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Yeah, don't. Uh, you know, White Sox fans, you've been waiting for stuff like this. You've been waiting for this moment. And you had a lot of bumpy ugliness in the first four or five weeks of the year. Some of it, the injuries, which were unfortunate. Some of it, the managerial mistakes and the admission of not knowing the rules. And that stuff sucked. And you have had a manager who probably cost you, I, th- I say, three games in your first 30 or so, which is crazy. Um, but you are really, really good. Your team is really, really good. And the manager has made a lot of very good moves of late. Pinch hitting your mean Mercedes in that perfect spot. It's the right guy the other day. And that went very, very well. He used Liam Hendricks, did La Russa, in a, uh, in a blowout, the game that Keuchel started on Thursday night. 
And Hendricks had to throw, I think it was 27, 28 pitches in a non-save situation. Was bumpy at the beginning of it, but then threw some absolutely great wipeout sliders towards the end of that run. The next day, Hendricks gets called upon for a five-out save. And you're like, but he threw a lot last night. But remember, and I pointed this out when they got him, Hendricks likes to work, needs to work really, really enjoys um, getting used a lot, feeds off it, thinks he throws better when he works a lot. And he was terrific in that five-out save on Friday. So that was a good move to use Hendricks that night before, knowing full well he wasn't precluding himself from using him the next night. He knows his team better now. Tony knows his team better now. And that, that, that matters. And just overall, it's a good offense. It should be an even better bullpen than it has been. Evan Marshall looked good yesterday. I want to ask Steve Stone about him. Aaron Bummer's been terrific of late. Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet are ambidextrous gravy to that rotation. It's a good team. Enjoy it. Let's go to Ben in Queens on 670 to score. Ben! Good morning. Good morning, Speaks, and uh, greetings from Queens, where the raccoons and the New York City rats live in perfect harmony. <laughs> where, I was, where I was sitting on my couch a couple weeks ago, and through pure serendipity, the uh, Odyssey lined up, or not the Odyssey, it was the MLB uh, radio app, lined up perfectly for the fifth inning. You, you sounded beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank I'm, you. I'm, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot more of that. Okay, I'm going to get to my Cubs thoughts here. Um, and this is about KB. You know, I've been listening to you intently for years. And I want to say from about November 2019, you know, with you and Bruce, the narrative was that, you know, KB might be playing his last game as a Cub. And then Gawafi happened and we didn't know what was going to go on. And then the horrible season. And, you know, what I want to know is how come I haven't heard the idea that, you know, the Cubs Brad let's say second week of June Cubs are six, seven games out. They go, listen, kid, you've been a good soldier for us. We love you. We are going to sign you, but we're going to pull the old uh, Brian Cashman with the world of Chapman. We're going to trade you off to, I don't know, the, some contender, maybe the giants, maybe the Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to get a bunch of, we're going to get a bunch of prospects back. And in the off season, we're going to sign you to a killer contract. It's going to be six, seven years high AAD, maybe with two years, options, incentive-laden, because, man, KB, I'm sorry. I, I'm sick of Cubs fans who, who, have, who have torn this guy down. This guy is a unicorn. There's, there's not people like him. The only other person in, in baseball that's like him is Cody Bellinger, a superstar that, that can play everywhere. And I wouldn't put Cody Bellinger at third base, okay? Chris Bryant is one of the best baseball players this organization has ever had, and I'm including Billy Williams. So I don't see why you don't do that. I mean, if you're in a if you're not in a position to win it this year, and if you and if you do stay with him, man, sign him at the end of the year. Look, Javi Baez, he's unfortunately played his way out of a contract. He's going to rue the day he didn't sign for 180 million. You mm -hmm. look at Nico Horner. You look at Ed Howard. You know, I've seen the plays on the Twitter. Oh, he's looking good. And there's going to be Christian. You know what I'm saying? So as far as middle infield goes. Yeah. I think you can do that. If you get Rizzo, man, if you get Rizzo for a couple more years, then you can use Bryant everywhere. Because if you park Bryant at first base, then you lose his uh, versatility. So anyway, those are my I, – I, I would just – you know, and the other thing, too, is what are we going – they're going back to 60% capacity. So they can't cry poor anymore. They can't cry poor. They got marquee running. They're going to start really making money on that in a couple of years. So, you know, if you can't sign them all, that's okay. But you sign Chris Bryant. He's the link. He's the link between this year or the 2016 – and 2024, 2025. And even though Robbie Malachi can't handle that thought, I'm perfectly okay with it. You two championships <laughs> in eight, two championships in eight years. Okay, that's, that's the Yankees haven't had that. The Yankees. Yeah, anyway. Thank you, Ben. Thank, thank you, Ben. Great, great stuff. Look, I, I've always thought they were going to keep a couple of them as the bridge guys to carry them through to the next time they're truly great, because they don't want to fall off the table and be terrible. So I've always assumed they were going to sign two of them. I had started to believe it was going to be Rizzo and Baez. Right now, I sure hope it's Rizzo and Bryant. I don't know if they'll be able to sign him. I don't think there's any chance they'll be able to sign him to a contract this year during the season. They've gone this far, Chris Bryant and Scott Boris. They will reach free agency and see what the bids are out there. Just like his friend Bryce Harper with the Nationals. In the end, the Nationals tried to sign Bryce Harper and almost did. 
before he ended up going to the Phillies. So could the Cubs sign Chris Bryant in free agency? Absolutely. Could they make the best bid and get him? Yes. Does Chris want to be here after everything he has kind of lived through and endured here? Or is he ready for a new chapter somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I know you could try and talk to him about what you're saying, the trade and then re-sign like a Roldis Chapman. I always think of um, Steve Carse being traded for Ricky Henderson. I think it was Oakland traded Ricky Henderson for Carse and then signed Ricky Henderson back. It has happened before lots of times. Could it happen here? Maybe. I, I, I just... I don't know if KB will want to be here. It hasn't been pure joy for Chris Bryant over the last few years. I hope the relationship is in a good place. He's a terrific player. To your point about defensive versatility real quickly, the last time Chris Bryant played third base for the Chicago Cubs, April 20th. That's when he started and played third. Since then, 21 different games in the outfield or at first base. That's versatility, man. And the offense has stayed exactly where it needs to be. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run till 1130. More of your phone calls. We'll talk about KB a little bit later on next hour as well. But Steve Stone coming up next for a rare Sunday morning hit here on Hit and Run. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.